Boom. We are live. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm happy to be here. What about me? Don't you get it? Don't I get a thank you? Well, he, he welcomed <laughs> me. So, Josh, yeah. thank you. Oh, Josh, wait, wait. To Michael, you're... To me. Just, just hang on, John. Don't, uh, John <laughs> Josh, John. Josh, don't pressure me. Yeah. How are you doing, Josh? I'm great. I'm really good. Yeah. yeah. All is well. Can I whisper to you? I know last time you wanted to whisper more. I think it would be really weird if we whisper to each other publicly. How about if we get Joe whispering? That would be so entertaining. <laughs> I don't even think I have an indoor voice anymore. So That would be quality programming. Oh, my gosh. Um, so uh, we are excited to have you on the show, Joe. Um, I know you are a, a pro. I've heard your name uh, a lot in the industry, um, but I've never met you. So thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, thanks for, uh, you know, excited to hear about your expertise and talk about products and stuff like that. You know, for me and Mike, and we'll, we'll dig into the once we have a, a little bit more of a dialogue in the show. And we're really focused. We have a coaching program. We're really focused on sales strategy specifically within the promo industry, as opposed to, and of course, product is a part of that. Um, but I know that I'm excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit during the next hour about how to incorporate some of these trends into the strategy of selling swag. Okay. So, yeah. And of course, I'm excited to see you, Mr. Mahoney. You're just so wonderful. Well, thank you, Josh. Not bad yourself. <laughs> Look at this. You got folks coming in. We got Elisa. Bambi, hi Bambi, Ken, Lori, Rich, Sue, Susan Pollock. Come on in, guys. Grab a seat up front. There's lots of room. Don't be shy. So, um, well, I want I want to make sure we've got uh, as always. Uh, I want to make sure we leave plenty of time to for for questions and, and to talk with Joe. So let's uh, let's get this show rolling. And uh, and talk about you know product trends right and how we can how we can utilize those. So welcome everybody to the distributors helping distributors show. Uh, behalf of my partner uh, Josh Fry, I'm Michael Mahoney. We've got our guest today, Joe Haley, who's the product editor at ASI. And our last distributors helping distributors show, we had a really good conversation with Chris Ruvo, who is the digital media editor for ASI, and he's he's been on the show several times. Chris presented, uh, a, I guess, a good walkthrough and answered a lot of questions about the future of the industry, some key industry trends, and of course, what we can all be doing now to prepare our, you know, our swag businesses, uh, you know, for those trends. So this show, we are going to talk with Joe, who's also, again, from ASI, he's the product editor, has been for years. And we're going to talk about industry products and trends and how you can take advantage of them, you know, with your clients and your prospects. With the with the distributors who are in the small group coaching program that we have, we really do find that knowing how to pitch these products and, and the trends is key to separating them, you know, ourselves from the competition, right? Stay comp top of mind with clients. So, you know, uh, we really want to avoid competing to the extent possible on price, we want to focus on either, uh, you know, new products, different products, different ways of presenting them, uh, industry. Of course, we talk a lot about finding a million dollar niche and, you know, and finding an industry vertical, but we want to have 
more deals at, at higher margins, right? That's the key. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show today, don't know us, um, I'm again, I'm Michael Mahoney. I've really come from outside the industry, have been partnered with Josh for the past couple of years, but you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur who's built and sold a couple of multi-million dollar businesses. Uh, but bring a kind of an outsider's perspective into this. Josh is really an industry insider who's been at this for what, 50 years, Josh? I think something, <laughs> I think you, you were born actually selling. Uh, 25 plus years, I think, is the new, uh, the, the new, the new uh, go-to. So the 25, Josh has been a top producing multi-million dollar uh, distributor for, for years and has actually coached quite a few other distributors from you know, zero to a million plus. So, uh, and together we, uh, we love putting on the show, bringing on guests and answering your questions. So, uh, and good morning to you end to end branding. So thanks for your, thanks for that. Good morning wish. Actually, I'm going to ask you guys if you could start putting in the Q and a, and hopefully uh, I'm going to dis uh, I'll probably disable the chat here in just a second so that you direct all your, your questions to the Q and a is just easier for us to manage, but in the q and I want to ask you, what's the number one trendy product that you're selling now? What's the number one trendy product you're selling now? Put it in the Q&A. Uh, if you name is great. If you've got a link, that's even better. But uh, or, or a supplier, tell us where you're getting it. But what, what's the top product you're really, uh, you're really pitching? So with that, I know we've got a couple of polls, but Josh, what, uh, what's your expectation for our discussion today? What would you like to get out of this? Well, I'm excited to learn from Joe and really pick his brain and put him on the spot and hopefully, you know, stump him a little bit. I mean, 15 years of running a product show, the guy's the product editor for ASI definitely knows a lot of stuff. Let's see if we can stump him today. Just kidding. Give it a try. I like that. You might, you might succeed. No, listen, in all seriousness, you know, I was saying before at the very beginning, you know, like from look for me and my own distributorship, I'm really focused on sales strategy, targeting a niche and selling the same products, almost, you know, different iterations over and over again to a similar buyer. And um, so my depth uh, of uh, breadth of product experience, whatever the right words are, is not nearly what someone like Joe's is. And so it'll be great to kind of hear um, how he's what some of these trends are for our audience and deploying you know, some of those trends into our sales strategies. Uh, so I'm excited, real excited to have you. Appreciate it. Cool. Let's do our polls. We've got two. So I'll go ahead and launch that. And the first question is when a buyer asks for a product, what do you typically do? So source and price that specific product, source and present similar products from other suppliers or, or both. So what's, what's the most, uh, what do you typically do? Josh, when you, um, when you, when you get, uh, when a buyer asks you for product, I'll, I'll stop this in just a second. Josh, yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Okay. <laughs> so, but you were going to ask me a question. I was going to ask you a question, Josh. What do you typically do? I'll go ahead. And, I'm going to close the poll and then we'll comment on it. Maybe Joe can, can comment too here. But uh, so it looks like, well, see, this is the problem putting both in there because, you know, we kind of, we didn't force people to make a choice, but 75% said they do both. Uh, and it's actually exactly evenly split between source and price that specific product and source and present similar products from other suppliers. Yeah. 
it's it, it's interesting i mean you know it's i think it's it, for me it's about the relationship do i have a relationship with the with the buyer or even a connection to the prospect to then be able to ask a few questions before pricing anything but if i don't so here so to back up i will ask questions if i do and that will help me better frame better price that specific product I know that's not exactly what the question is, but I just want to kind of share that's what I typically do. Because if I know someone's budget, because I have a working relationship with them, then I might price it differently than I I don't even have a dialogue with somebody. So if I don't have a dialogue with somebody, I will try to uh, present the, the product they ask and then showcase usually three options of similar products from preferred suppliers. Okay, cool. Let's do the second uh, the second poll here. So... Uh, how often do you propose the exact same product? So rarely or never, less than 20% of the time, 20 to 50% of the time, or more than 50% of the time. So really proposing the same products, repitching the same thing. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how people uh, respond to this and... um, uh, this is something that's come up in in our in our coaching program, and and we it's it's very relevant, I think, as we'll, we'll talk about here. Joe, you can see the results. Uh, I cannot. Mike, you want I to share? See- sure. Sure. Joe, can okay. All right. Here. I'll go ahead and close this. Well, I, I have to close the end the poll to share. So, okay. Here we go. I'll, I'll go ahead and end it, uh, and then I'll share the results. So. Um, well, it looks like only 11% said the same. This is interesting. Only 11% said more than 50% of the time, right? 44%, 20 to 50% of the time. And then what is it like 44% would be less than 20% of the time or never. So it looks like there's a lot of proposing new products quite frequently. Joe, is that, and I'll ask Josh afterwards, Joe, any, any thoughts on, on that yeah, I, I have a few, and I think Josh hit on it about asking those questions, those relationships. You know, if if I'm not a distributor, but 28 years in the editorial department, talking to distributors, writing articles, stuff, connecting with them at trade shows. Um, you know, I always felt the best strategy, if, if, if especially if it's a new client, I want a coffee mug. I mean, we can sell a product and say, you know, what color and how many, but we've commoditized that. It's just a coffee mug. They can get that from anyone else, so they can shop on price there. But when we ask, what do you want it for? And they say, well, we have new employees. We'd like to have them be part of the team from day one and give them mm. a company mug. Well, it makes sense. Now it becomes a new employee uh, welcome gift. So then we've taken the commodity out of it and made it a valuable product for that buyer. So it, it, it's asking those questions. The other one with with this, you know, getting that exact product that someone wants, we see that on social all the time. I need this exact same pen. Well, is that because that's all you were selling to them, that, that exact same pen? Are you given those options, those three options from either preferred supplier or what we used to write about, like the good, better, best? Here's the pen you want. Here's one a little better, and here's the best you know, uh, pen. And what we found by doing our research in editorial is that a lot of times the buyer is picking that one in the middle. So what the distributor has done is, is shown something different and actually we're able to increase the, the profits because it's going to be a little more expensive than the pen that the buyer actually wanted. But I think it's about educating the buyer as well, 
you know, and, and, and that goes to having, you know, asking the, those questions. Why do you want this? Um, and then you can showcase the value that you bring to them other than someone who sells stuff. That is the takeaway nugget uh, already for the day. I love that. So the question is not which product do you want? It's what do you want it for? Because really the first is pretty much a closed-ended question. The second, what do you want it for is an open-ended question that gets them to talking and then you can show your value, you know, and, and really steer them, you know, and, and assist them and steer them in a direction. That's uh, that's phenomenal. So you know, and, and yeah. I think it's also knowing the, the end user as well. My, my niece was part of an upstart division of a company she worked for, and it was going to be run by women and it was helping women business owners. And she's going to a trade show. She asked me, she goes, what type of products should we, you know, give out? So I gave her some ideas, but she came across diffusers. Those little reeds that you put in the essential oils. And mm-hmm. she was telling me that she was, it was because of the audience that everyone loved that and that they couldn't keep them on their booth. You know, people would come, was able to, you know, engage with them. So it's knowing who the end user is going to be as well. Absolutely. Nice. I mean, you know, the idea of um, just taking a product and, and asking for, you know, and just responding with the price without asking any questions is you're, you're not really separating yourself from the competition at all you you literally are the order taker if yeah. that the quoter really but i have a quick question before we move on so you're saying that asi research shows that if you as a distributor present good better best typically the customer will choose the better or the middle i will say through through editorial research and doing articles not so much like surveying the distributors but when we've talked to like how they sell that's one of the things that we've heard over the years that when you present the options the product that they want and a little better version and then that best version of the product the majority of the time the distributor is saying that their buyers are going with that product in the middle Interesting. So do we have like 75%? No, I mean, we don't have those, those hard you know, numbers. It's all anecdotal, but what we're hearing from distributors. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, to take a little bit of extra effort and present alternative ideas even yeah. is can go a long way. You know, the other thing I wanted to ask uh, before I hand it back to you, Mr. Mahoney, is, um, you know, the idea of presenting the same product over and over again. Um, I've found in my experience that, while I may even sometimes get bored with a product that, you know, was trendy last year, the majority of the people out there have never, they don't know of anything about our products. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. So what may be old to me, may be super trendy to somebody. And that product may have come out, you know, five, 10 years ago. Sure. So I'm just wondering, like, how do you, how do we find the balance between, you know, finding some trendy products to kind of sprinkle in? to a proposal versus kind of regurgitating some of the, the, the same old, same old that most of the time the buyer may not have even seen. Yeah. So for, for me, I, I think it's just, you know, consuming the media and, and see what type of trends are, are, are being, you know, put out on ASI central and other sites, uh, finding those new products. Cause a lot of people say, what's new. I want to see what's new and hot. Well, it might not, you know, have a use for that specific clients, but you can offer them that and then kind of, you know, maybe update on the traditional stuff that they buy. My, my very first trade show was in 1995 and, you know, I, I don't know anything about this industry. So I'm walking the show floor and, you know, I think I'm asking the right questions of suppliers. And I asked Dan Towns of Shipenko. I said, what's new? And he goes, well, if you've never sold a pen or your clients never bought a pen, it's new to them. 
Right. And so that's the thing. I mean, you know, finally the new new products in the industry can be challenging because it might be new to that supplier, but it might be also new to a client. Um, so I would say just constantly show them, you know, hey, this is new. And this is why I would think it would work for you and for this campaign or for you and this promotion. Um, because I, I see that at trade shows as well. Someone say, oh, this is great. And I'm thinking in my head, do they have a client that's going to buy it? And does the client have a use for that product? And sometimes the tried and true and traditional still work. So, you know, if we yeah. go back to that, at least you make the sale. And and to your point, you know, the, the buyers, like one of the questions we as distributors can and should ask is, you know, how new are you to your role? Are you experienced buying these types of products? Because, what, what I've found in my experience, and, and you know, for those of you in the audience, definitely chime in on, on the Q&A, your experience. The, the least experienced buyers are the ones that take up the most amount of time. You know, they've got all these ideas of new products they want to see, but they don't really have budgets. They may not even be in control of a budget. And right. it's our job to kind of direct that conversation, direct that selection or collection of products to help guide them to the finish line without, you know, chasing our tails and, you know, being on the hamster wheel, trying to accommodate new and trendy when they don't even know what they want. Right. Mr. Mahoney. I, I was, so one regarding the poll question, uh, you know, you know, how many, how often do you, you know, resell the same products, right. Or versus new products. I'm a huge fan and we are in our program, our coaching program of focusing on a niche, right. Typically an industry niche. And, one of the benefits of that is being able to pitch the same products frequently, you know, repeatedly. So the presentation material, the storyboards, the catalogs, the, you know, the, the just the, the, the words you're using, the emails, a lot of the stuff can be, if, if you're pitching a, a core set of products over and over to the same industry buyer, you, you know, we find that you can set yourself apart from others, compete less on price, but also save time. I mean, the biggest frustration i think for almost everybody now is just dealing with you know sourcing products and supply chain issues and going back and forth with all that and to some extent the more we can cut down on that the time spent on those things which are more administrative they're administrative in nature we can cut that out and just focus on being able to to take care of the client the better right we're going to we're going to get more sales have happier clients so we're big fans of focusing on that niche which allows us to compartmentalize the, the, or limit maybe the range of products where some new products we're always presenting, right? Allows us to be more efficient. So I'm going to put in another request to everyone. Use the Q&A and not the chat. I closed off the chat because it's really hard for us to manage the long chat cube, but we can see Q&A a lot easier. But tell us what's the number one, what's a trendy product right now? And uh, Mr. End-to-End uh, -end Branding here said triple banger bottle josh do you know what a triple banger bottle is I, from i Navarro? don't <laughs> i don't sounds, know it sounds is. exciting i want <laughs> i want one so <laughs> so <laughs> you know this is a family show mike <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about but it's it, but it's, it's an interesting name triple banger look it up so um joe how did you get how did you get interested in products at, at asi uh you know so when early on when we go to trade shows, you know, one of the things that we always reported from was the new products that we found there. And, you know, it was just interesting. And then I started thinking creatively of how companies could use these. So 
we have a new publisher came on and we had a box of products we found for the trade show. And I kind of just pitched them to him like he was a buyer. And he thought that was real interesting. And he says, can you do that You know, on camera? I said, sure. So we brought in local news from Philadelphia, did a piece on promotional products. And then from there, I just thought that this is really interesting. You know, When people see some of the neat stuff and the interesting stuff in our industry and how it brings you know, value to their promotions, programs, companies, and such um, – they're they're going to consume that. So then I just you know, it was just looking for the things and digging in you know at, at trade shows, going to new products pavilions, talking to suppliers, and you really have to look sometimes to to find stuff. You might have something new that's not marked as new, um, but I'm fascinated by promotional products, and you know I have friends that have companies that buy them, and they ask me all the time what's new, what'll work, and such. So um, I mean it, it, it's a great industry. It's creative. It's fun. So hopefully that answered the question that that does. Yeah, that, that does, that does answer the question. So what do you do in order to really track the trends? You mentioned, I think before the show, you talked about, you know, looking at social media, but you know, where do you go? Where, where are you looking to try to stay on top of new prior un, uncover, discover new products? So I, I do a, a lot of things. One, I consume our own, uh, uh, stuff that that we provide the advertising for the suppliers so i'm looking at all the ads in our magazines online the suppliers have um i go to esp and esp has 1.1 million products in there it's a database with products promotional products and through the navigation toolbar you can get out to the bottom and you can click on new products and it'll be new products only that suppliers had just added to their line and i scour through that when i trade shows it's it's the new products pavilion on the trade show floor um social media facebook there's a lot of industry related sites as we all know and you can see what's being posted there as well looking at the chatter but i think it's also paying attention to what's happening out in the consumer world as well i mean we know that that water bottle that's you know and and you know a synonym for uh, abominable snowman if you know what I mean, the, the, those mugs, those tumblers, um, <laughs> you know, it's like they're popular. And then, I mean, this industry produces the same quality as that bottle for a fraction of the price. And so it's just, you know, saying, you know, what's working there? What do people in, in the consumer market want? You know, what are they wearing? What type of accessories are they using? You know, whether it's in the office at their desk, home office and stuff and, and, and seeing the opportunity there. So um, you, you look all over the place and then you try to see how much of that stuff comes into the industry. You know, when we go to trade show floors, if you see five suppliers with something brand new, then it's become a trend. Right now, one of the bigger trends that I'm seeing among suppliers, the products that they're offering is marijuana related products. It's not for everyone. But there's a market there, and three, four years ago at Chicago show, I run into a supplier, Smoke Promos, the only one who's doing stuff for the marijuana industry. You know, whether it was legal or it was medicinal, and you know, talking to him, and he was new here, he was learning. The next year, I talked to him. And I said, how's it going? He goes, good. He goes, at first, the strippers are kind of like talking really quietly about it, but now they're asking about it. And now you'll see suppliers have been around for a long time have started to add those related products there. So what, we, we see what, that. That is a hot industry. What, what do you mean in terms of, uh, uh, did you say cannabis, right, or marijuana? How did you yeah. describe it? So but like, uh, what kind of products are you, are you referring to? Uh, rolling papers, uh, pipes. They call them flower jars. So it's the store that uh, uh, carbon lined cases that don't have an odor that, that will escape from that. 
um, rolling trays, grinders, lighters, you know, anything that would be associated with partaking, you know, in, in your cannabis, whether again, whether it's medicinal or for recreation use. And when those industries start to pop up, there's going to be a need to advertise. So that, but, so that would be, those would be products you're selling to uh, cannabis or marijuana distributors not to growers you know, dispensers not to the you know. not to the law firm with you know new employee kits right <laughs> work, work no. from home kits we're not talking no. about okay got it yeah. Okay. yeah it's it's a real niche market Mike, yes right isn't right. that kind of what we what we talk about market josh yes yeah, it is exactly. a niche market and it's actually you know the thing that i think is in Number one, I love the the target of yeah. the cannabis market as a as a we call it a million dollar niche um, because it's a fast growing industry. It's kind of there's an opportunity to get in on the ground level to a degree, yeah. Yeah. and it's and and get into the supply chain. Or and when I say supply chain, the way I think of it and is um, you know some of these products they if we can get into the packaging side of it, that could be a huge opportunity for distributors. Do you know, by the way, just since we're talking about uh, weed, Joe, do you know <laughs> if there's any, any of these suppliers actually do packaging? There is one and I have samples in, in a, a separate area here at the building. And I showed them on the Joe show back in 2020 and they do boxes that you can put vape pens in um uh smoke promos was one of the other that i mentioned he could put kits together and he, he did a kit for um music um artist um erica badeau huh? and it's a bamboo box and he created the box and everything that went inside there so there, there are packaging options and after this is over i, I, I can always share that that information um just it, it's not top of head with, with that other packaging but it's like labeling and stuff and sometimes it's those ziploc type bags and the labels for that as well so um it is out there yeah and and i think just from a sales strategy standpoint you know this is a my area of expertise right you're talking about product trends so now i'm thinking okay well how do i how do i convert that trend into a sales strategy for growing my own you know distributorship mm. well if there are suppliers with specific products and I can kind of educate myself on what are these kind of main products and product categories. I can then go and talk to dispensaries and grow houses and about how I'm an expert in service in the industry with these types of packaging products or retail products to create additional revenue streams or what have you. Um, and I'm off to the races. I've now, I'm now targeting a niche. So very interesting. That, yeah, but it it's it's definitely a niche too. So you know, it, it, if you work with one, and you learn what works for them, and then you can say, "This is what I've done for so and so," and you can build that. And again, it, it goes back to what you're originally saying: selling those same products to different, you know, markets or, or, or companies within a, a market. Yeah, because they all have the need, right? You could right. sit there and talk about uh, rolling papers and grinders and jars and huh. all these different things. You're going to sell the same products to dispensaries, whether they're in your in the in one state or in you know twenty different states. And so it makes the sales pitch so much smoother, and it saves so much time on product research. Once you've locked in 10, 20 products right. from a you know from preferred supplier, you you don't you're not really spending any time on research. You're spending your time on selling and, and, and revenue generating activities, right, Mike? 
That's the idea. I'm telling you, it works. Well, we see it. We see it in our program. We see it across you know the country with distributors who are who are willing to make the effort to focus on a vertical. They're they're going to set themselves apart. They're going to save a lot of time. It's much more efficient. The whole process. So, uh, absolutely. What else? So, what uh, are some other products or, or trends, Joe, that that you are seeing now that that would be of interest? So coming out of last year, and we, and we, we talked about this in the editorial department, what would be the product of the year? And from what I had been seeing last year, and I st- still think it's hot right now because some employees still are working from home and, and companies are, are sending those, you know, care packages, but it was upscale food gifts. I mean, food gifts have been traditional in this industry from cookies to candies and such, but this upscales charcuterie boards with the cheeses and the, and, and the sausage, uh, the sausages and, and, and meats and such, um, you know, full-blown Italian dinners and such. So these upscale gifts that, that, that kind of, you know, sends this message that we care about you and we want to treat you, you know, nice. So we, we see that. Um, I'm, I'm big on socks. You know, I, I remember it was probably about five years ago when I saw the first pair of promotional socks. And now there's so many companies have, have come into this industry. My socks. youngest son, socks, fun, logoed, branded socks. Really? Like yes. the tube socks that go up your ankle that Josh wears the, above your, your calf, calf level? <laughs> it, could, it could be those athletic socks. Um, it's dress socks. It can be the, you know, we call them the ankle chokers, which are then, you know, you don't see any type of cuff on there. But companies are using them and you're putting them into uh, uh, uniform programs. Sports teams can do them. Uh, I coach soccer for 30 years. And those kids come to games usually wearing slides. They don't get in their full gear until it's, you know, close to start to warm up. But they wear these funky socks and sports clubs could use them as well. And, and then businesses, businesses can use them just as part of your uniform or put them, you know, as an incentive for new employees or just a gift for new employees. Um, of course, sustainable right now is real big. I mean, buyers are looking for things that are sustainable. So it's up to the distributors to find them. And over 20 years, I've always seen up and down. Eco was hot, then it wasn't. Eco was hot, it was, wasn't. And I, I think it's really here to stay now, sustainability. And it's, you know, uh, finding those products that are, you know, made from recycled products and with you know, eco-friendly processes. Are there any products in particular that you're finding or groups of products that are uh, sustainable that, you know, are, are hot? Uh, you know, it, it seems to be a lot of products. Water bottles? that are made from recycled bottled water. You know, uh, we're, we're seeing apparel that the polyester is being sp- spun from recycled plastic and primarily that bottled water. Um, there is a supplier in the industry uh, that does all natural USA made wood boxes. And they make it out in Michigan, I think. But what they do is that when you buy a product, they plant a tree, but they just don't say they plant the tree. They give the coordinates for where that tree has been planted so that those end buyers know that they're helping to the sustainability here. Um, we actually just launched on Earth Day a, um, a microsite called Promo for the Planet, which focuses on sustainable products. And we have showcases in there and articles in there on how to sell sustainable. And what that means, you know, some companies might greenwash something. You know, or how does someone promote something that's sustainable? Like if you have a coffee mug 
I mean, it's sustainable in the sense that you're using that over and over again, as opposed to the paper cups that you throw in the trash or styrofoam you throw in the trash. So I think it's how we market that. A lot of bamboo products in the industry, from cutlery to plates, serving trays and such. Um, of course, when the bamboo grows without any type of pesticides, stuff it grows very you know quickly. Um, so you know, it, it, it's just digging and looking for it. Hopefully, that answered the question. It does. Yeah, that's interesting. And you and you find that buyers are willing to pay extra for this? Are, are the margins better? Or um, you know, it, it used to be real expensive. Um, and I, I think that buyers are willing to pay, you know, if they want to be sustainable, if they want to, as, as we always say, lessen their carbon footprint with their, you know, businesses, and that it can include that the promotions that they run, you know, if they're paperless, would they be more, you know, willing to, you know, look at sustainable products? Probably. And then we have, I mean, I'm older, you know, I've been here for 28 years, you know, so I'm a little older. So um, I look at my, my boys are 28 and, and 26 and, you know, they have a little bit more of a different outlook, you know, want to save the planet and stuff like that. Um, so I think that they would be, if they were in a position to buy promotional products, would consider sustainable stuff. Yeah. And so that's a really good point, you know, like understanding the buyer, right? Mm. Understanding who we are as the distributor are selling to, what their interests are, hobbies, you know, what their social issues, what whatnot. The more we can understand the buyer, the more we can kind of then cater products like that to the buyer if they care. Right. Now, they may also may have companies that have you know, core values or their social responsibility values in terms of uh, their own um, you know, uh, vision statements or whatever. And so being able to doing a, we do a little bit of homework. We're, we're pitching a Fortune 1000 company. Hey, here are some products that tie in with your mission or your vision. Like that's going to help the buyer look good to their respective you know, boss. Um, the other side is we talked a little bit with Chris the other week about, um, is it ESG? Um, environmental, social governance, the ESG. I think, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. And so this uh, ties in as well, the idea of sustainable products and um and there are lots of product lines that are out there. You know, um, I've seen brand name products that, which is also another trend, right? Uh, uh, co-branding with a your client logo with with a with a retail brand. So something like Mirror, in terms of some of the products they have, where uh, there's there's a you know a donation that's made or Basecamp donation made to Wounded Warriors for each of the you know, for, for purchasing their products. So that can speak to the buyer. If you understand how to convert the value proposition with a product like, you know, like sustainable products. Um, yeah, and it, it's some of the issues with the retail brands is, is are, are, are they able to price things? So there is margin in here for the distributors or are they pricing at retail? If it's priced at retail, then there is going to be no margin because then the buyer is going to say, well, I can get it without the logo at the same price you know, or lower price. So, um, and there, there are retail brands that come in and are very successful here, of course, especially on the apparel side. Um, Can you give us some but, examples of some of the, the hotter, you know, successful retail uh, brands? Uh, Nike, yeah. Champion, uh, Hanes, you know, American Apparel. 
Um, and, and sometimes when you're talking about like like a buyer wants what a buyer wants, mm-hmm. if a buyer wants an American apparel shirt, you know, well, thankfully in this industry they have it priced. They they, they have the retail shops, but they have it priced for wholesale, so the distributor can find that margin on there. Um, there was just uh, it was one of the. There's- God, I'm sorry. There's another. Uh, there's a a, a, re- a brand that you had in one of your articles, uh, Gallant International. It's a Terra Thread. That's it. Yes. Terra yes. Threads. They've got backpacks that are, you know, I guess they're made with cotton, organic cotton, and and produced in fair trade factories and all right. this stuff. But uh, good looking bags. Yeah. Uh, and and they're making donations to uh, to Feed America and some other organizations. But I think. Uh, is that an example of something you think that's that that buyers are looking for? Um, I, I think that a distributor can find those buyers. I mean, if you yeah. if you have those relationships with your buyers, I mean, you're going to know that who that's going to resonate with and who that's not going to resonate with. But nice, nice looking bag. They do a lot of good. Sustainable. Um, there, there's probably buyers out there that that will buy that. Uh, you know, like like a lot of products, time will tell. I mean, sometimes I would see a product, and I used to have suppliers, and still do sometimes. Want to show me a new product? What do you think? And sometimes it's not priced right for the market. So if you don't bring the price down, it's not going to make it. Other times you think this is going to be a, a you know a success. First time I saw a um, a, a power bank. I mean, everyone's always looking for outlets to charge their phones, right? I saw right. a trade show. I said, this is going to be big. And now we have so many different variants of that. We have retail products that come in. Uh, you know. That, that, that you can buy at, at Best Buy, but you can get here logoed. Um, so time will tell, I think. Just one, yeah. So uh, again, in the, the, uh, the recent article that you had on the ASI website, uh, there you featured a, a custom charge, custom charger. It looks like a uh, an anchor power yeah. core charger. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's a retail brand. And, and I think that if someone has that and it works and they like it and they see that while they're sourcing promotional products, talking with a distributor or looking at things online, they can use that as an incentive, um, use that as an appreciation gift, whether for a client or an employee, you find value in that. So you'll you'll want to pay that money because you feel that others are going to find value in that. I think about all the stuff that, that, that I use, all the promotional products that, that I use, whether it's traveling, um, whether it's here in my office, in my home office, and I value some of those. And you know, I have friends say, you know, "What will work?" I said, "Well, this is what I use, and this is why I use it." Um, something as right. simple oh. as a, a, a I've got, I've got a phone now. Let's say I got a power bank here. I got this one at uh, at uh, the uh, was it the, uh, the the trade show we did in Vegas. A couple of the industry the promo products trade mm-hmm. show we did. So pick that's up the competition. You can't talk about that. I didn't mention the name, Josh. I thought about it. I was quick on my feet. And I thought about it. I was like, don't say it. But no, it's a, it's a, a, an industry trade show. And I got one of these. But it's a good example of it's uh, the charger. And uh, I use the thing every day. It's great. So so one of the questions, I don't know if you asked this, Mike. Denise was asking about a sock club custom, like a, a sock of the month. I don't know if that's or sock club a supplier. I'm not, I'm not, if it's a supplier, I don't know. Uh, there, there is a, a company called Sock 101, and they, they do um, Socks 101. They, they do a lot of custom packaging and such. Um, and I know that there, there are like retail sock clubs, but that's something that a distributor can work out with a buyer. You know, maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's monthly. You know, get your new socks. Like I said I'm, I'm a fan of them. 
Yeah. I'm a fan of them. I, I like that idea because I think, you know, once you have a, a mm-hmm. pair of socks that with a design, I mean, how many pairs do you need? Unless you're like me and like black stance socks. <laughs> Mike, do you know stance? Never heard of stance. What is their athletic socks? Do they sell <laughs> at Costco? Yeah. No, they don't. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> and I don't like to mention, we're not endorsing any other retailers, so I don't really want to mention, you know, where they're being sold. Okay. So my, my, my younger son, he's a fan of, of fun, wacky, crazy socks. He's got Bob Ross socks. Really? He's got, yeah, he's got socks with picture of his cat. He's got socks with a, pictures of his other cat. You know, his his fiance just buys him these things. He doesn't wear plain socks. He's got socks. He got these crazy designs, cigars, golf balls, you know, whiskey glasses and such. That's I mean, hilarious. People like them, enjoy yeah. them, you know, and it's one of my favorites. Yeah, my father-in-law just got my mother-in-law a pair of socks. Wait, no, she got him a pair of socks with her face on the socks, all like, you know, multiple prints, re- repeated prints. Yeah. It's funny. Lovely. But, lovely. The, th- the thing is, and I'll just kind of push back a little just based on s- sales strategy a little bit with socks or even upscale food gifts. I'm trying to get my brain around how that ties into a repeat order. You know, like the like for me, I'm thinking, what's the, what's the, how do you, how do you sell? Um, I keep saying supply chain, but really, how do you get repeat orders of the same product? It's kind of what uh, I'm going after. Yeah. Some, some of that is, especially the upscale food gifts. It might be a one-off. It might be a holiday. You know, did it this year, the holiday next year? We want something completely different. Um, you know, it's not like that tried and true, like the writing instruments and the water bottles. Um, you know, we, we keep, you know, upgrading the water bottles from something that was plastic to something that was steel to something that's vacuum seal insulated that keeps stuff, you know, cold for a long time. Um, you can keep selling that same product, just, you know, the, the upscale version of it. But something like socks, yeah, mm, that's might be something – you might be known for giving out the socks um, if, if that's what the buyer wants. It's like, I, I want to be someone who gives my vendors or my employees or our customers socks. And it's like, um, you know, but calendars, calendars are great repeat order. You can do it year to year. And, uh, but I think like, yeah, the upscale might be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to, I don't know and if to, I talk my way around that. No, no. I, and, and to your point, like there are so many ways to separate yourself from the competition in this business, right? But on the distributor side, someone could position themselves as an expert in a specific product line. Sure. Like that's an angle to take. Sure. You're the sock guy. You're the upscale gift guy or whatever gal. So um, I can see that as a, as a strategy. Um, I just, I keep thinking, you know, a lot of times we're hearing in our coaching that, Oh, we're spending so much time trying to research products and, and present ideas. And um, I think just deep down, I like to keep it. I just, I don't, I don't know, maybe being 25 plus years in the business, I like to, to keep it as simple and easy as possible. Sometimes don't tell well, anybody. Sure. <laughs> well, you sell what people buy, right? That's right. I'm not right. way to any product. Right. You know, it, there, there's nothing wrong with using the same product over and over again if that's what you know the buyer wants and, and it fits their needs. You know? Yeah. If you guys heard of Tycoon Apparel, this is Inden Branding who's with us today. It says their butter wash won't shrink. Imprint is soft hand. Loves them. I love butter. What does that mean, butter wash? <laughs> <laughs> I I butter wise sounds good. <laughs> unless you have, dairy, unless you have a dairy allergy, then it's scary. But no, I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, butter washed. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know that brand. I don't know that brand. What are the trends we got? I'm kind of curious. Anything that is on the horizon that we can kind of it's coming around the corner. You 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 see it maybe on the retail side. You're seeing some of the suppliers, and this is something we could kind of get in front of. So it, it's been a hard last two years because there was so much PPE, right? And then COVID affected everything. So looking at those new products are coming in from overseas when there's lockdowns, you know, and, and factories aren't producing, and then you get the supply chain issues, um, you know. I, I think it's been a little slow. What I see going around the corner out of our view is a lot of PPE. I was really struck with that when I was at our Fort Worth show that there, there was some there, but not to the degree that we would have seen probably in 2020, 2021. Um, you know, one of the things I still think it's been a trend for a while, and I think it's going to continue trending and depending on where you're located in this country is the use of non-woven polypropylene bags reusable tote bags. Uh, Philadelphia just enacted their ban three weeks ago. Plastic bags. You go to, you know, if you know what Wawa is, and you get your hoagies at Wawa, they, they now have a non-woven you know, hoagie bag. Because if you're in New Jersey and you go to certain beaches, you can't bring your lunch on the beach with a you know, single-use plastic bag. Uh, Jersey just enacted their band as well. So there's always this opportunity, and it's being able to target those grocery stores, those retailers, those, you know, shops away from that plastic and, and with the reusable, the exposure they get, because people will use them for different, you know, reasons. Put your stuff in there for the gym real quick. Go to the gym. It's like content walking billboard, as we like to call that. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I'm, I'm in Virginia. They just, uh, you know, put their theirs into play as well. And it's also an opportunity to think about just, you know, what types of groups, I guess, Someone here is targeting churches as an example. Mm. So that's actually, you know, even though uh, we were talking about before, reusable shopping bags, that was something that was trendy, what, like 15, 10, 15 years right. ago. Now it's back, but it's relevant because people otherwise are going to have to pay three or five cents a bag. So you're, 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 you're helping people, especially for the ones that aren't already bringing their own bags like Mike. <laughs> but it, it's... We, we, we were on a whiskey, uh, uh, a bourbon trail tour in Kentucky a number of years ago. Oh, nice. That was awesome. Everyone, <sighs> the, everyone at the distilleries where, where we visited had a, had a gift shop, and they had such upscale, almost like gift bag quality stuff that when, when you bought stuff from there, they put it in these bags. You could reuse them again and you know, give a whiskey bong, you know, a, a bottle of bourbon as a gift in that bag, and it looks like a gift bag. So that's coming from people in this industry. It's coming from distributors, suppliers in this industry. So you know, maybe they were using plastic, and now they're using something different. Where what was your favorite place that you went on the tour on the trail? So we went this we went to this place called Castle and Key, and it was a lawyer and a real estate guy decided they wanted to distill bourbon and they bought this plant that this distillery had been shuttered for 40 years and looks like a castle and it, we were there for the very first tour actually we, we lucked out we week we were there and it was just fantastic and the bourbon's finally ready and we can't get it we're, we're, we're trying to get it yeah um but they they made gin and vodka and the gin is fantastic and i'm not really a gin guy um but when it comes to like the bourbon that that we drank it was probably at um at maker's mark uh-huh yeah, yeah. Did, did i i did the trail also it was amazing i only did it for a day well, like we, you're a big bourbon guy right days. you did three yeah. days 
That's amazing. You know, um, we're a little bit off topic, but have you um, you ever listened to the? But you're having uh, a good time, so go ahead. I am. I'm more of a club soda guy, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't you put your finger at me. <laughs> um, I'm actually listening to this podcast, How I Built This. I don't know if you ever listened to that. And there's an interview with this woman who started the bourbon brand. I think it's called Uncle Nearest. Are you familiar with that? Not. I'm not. This is the guy who invented the recipe and helped Jack Daniels or Jack Daniel develop the recipe. And so she's now started this bourbon. That's apparently you can't get either. It's so wow. it's selling off the shelves. So anyway, we well, Jack and I aren't friends. Yeah, I prefer, uh, you know, bottled in bond Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, that's just me. But, you know, I'm a purist. Just apparently, like my- apparently at least one person likes the, your discussion here. Ethan Dow just said best podcast ever, Josh. So, you know, <laughs> it's great. It's like you a mean- ro- it's like the Joe Rogan. You just talk about whatever you want. You know, it's so, OK. Yeah, it is. If, if anyone's interested in, uh, in some of these ideas that, that Joe had and, and others, uh, I encourage you to go to the ASI website. So uh, uh, ASICentral.com and uh, just do a search for um, uh, Joe Haley and one article is from February. It's coveted retail brands and the other is from March and it's uh, Joe's promo picks. Uh, helpful tools. It's really good stuff in there. Really interesting uh, product ideas. So I encourage everyone to go visit the website uh, and check out some, uh, any of Joe's articles. But those are those are two in particular that we thought were really interesting. You know, and, and along the lines of talking about bourbon, the point I was <laughs> wanted to make about that seriously is, you know, clearly like you like bourbon. You spent three days on the trail, right? Yeah. You must like it more than I only spent one. But the point is, we both like it. We're passionate about it. It's fun to talk about, consume, whatever. Maybe that's a great, if you ever wanted to get into the sales side of the business, maybe you would target distilleries. Maybe you would target that industry because you're naturally interested in that. That's where you'd spend your time. And it's a great way, like when when Mike and I talk a little bit about targeting a niche or targeting a vertical we keep i know we're, we're beating a dead horse here again mike with regard to the million dollar niche but this is kind of where it starts if you really if you're starting off in the industry you don't know where to go right you're going to kind of scoop up the business that you can but if you want to put a line in the sand and really be strategic pursue a niche that you're naturally interested in that you're passionate about and um then it just you you know what could be more fun than working and servicing an industry and 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 that you that you want to you know that you'd be well hanging the, out one and, of the main things if you pick something that you like and you enjoy and obviously if there's a sales opportunity you know, it's a niche that you can you know you could sell into um, then the passion comes across right you get you, you there's a level of enthusiasm like you hear in uh, Joe and Josh here is they they fantasize about their next sip of bourbon here so they get all excited you know and that that's people read that they feed off of that and they they get excited too and, and they're more inclined to to you know to, to follow up or to buy you know what you're 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 talking about um you've got anecdotes you've got stories you you know you enjoy researching that and it's just going to be a better you're going to be better at selling it something that you uh you you enjoy uh so what's, I what's you, your what's your industry mike the, the sun, <laughs> sunscreen industry. <laughs> exactly. Anything outdoors here, anything that's uh, that's good for paradise right here in, in, in Florida, South, South Florida. So, uh, yeah. I, know, so one of the things, cause you're, 
I'm, I'm looking behind you, Mike, and it's yes, reminding me to ask Joe about USA made products. And, you know, yes. with, I just, the thing that I would be curious, like, why is that? Is that a trend? What are suppliers doing? Are you seeing any trends around bringing more product, producing more product in the States to, you know, avert the supply chain issues, avert the transportation, create more jobs, the list goes on. Um, you know, you hear chatter about that, uh, but manufacturing is expensive in this country, you know, so does that increase the cost of the product that if you're selling something or buying something that's been imported, you know, what does this domestic, you know, made mean to the cost of that? But I, I think that trend wise, you know, if you're working with union shops, I mean, you have to buy from a union shop and that's going to be USA made. If you're dealing with, you know, politicians, we're, we're now in a midterm election year. Um, it's going to have to be made in the USA. If not, they're going to call you out on it, you know. So I think that there's still a need there. And, then, you know, people want to buy U.S. and they want to support, you know, um, U.S. based businesses. But, you know, some products can tend to be a little higher price than from having something imported. Yeah, well, it'd be great to see the government, our government, maybe help subsidize some of that so that to keep our costs down from our suppliers so we can yeah, have more absolutely. units in there. Absolutely. Just an idea, but I'm not a politician like Mike is. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for an America first policy. Bring it home. Make it here at home and, yeah. and take care of our workers. You know, yeah. I wouldn't subsidize it, Josh, but I would definitely want to work our uh, trade agreement such that it became more competitive in the U.S. Uh, so we can get workers here uh, working. In fact, Josh, if you'll vote for me, uh, if I can, can, can I count on your vote, Josh? So you could absolutely <laughs> count on my vote. And this is recorded. I know that, I know we're going to we're going to wrap pretty soon. We have a couple of announcements we want to make uh, just before. And then we'll take some final questions if anyone has them. But I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, if you if you want to go back and listen to this recording, all of our all of our webinars are at swagcoach.com forward slash replays. In fact, we've done, I guess, 55 plus of them at this point. It's also on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you uh, type in Swag Coach. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Distributors Helping Distributors. We'd love for you to join the group. Uh, if you have a sales strategy related question you want to post to us, we'll, we'll answer it and uh, just be part of our community. And if you learn a nugget or two from any of our, of our webinars, uh, please share that on, on our Facebook group. We'd really appreciate that. Mike, anything else we want to talk about? I have one real quick question before we close to ask Joe is, is, is there, is there anywhere that uh, a distributor could go to try to find specifically products that are made in the USA? Um, I know that on ESP, um, there is a link, you know, an option for U.S. made products. Okay. Um, I, on ASI Central, we don't have that there, but um, if you have ESP, I, I would look there as well. And then I would say use the, you know, social, you know, uh, networks. If you really can't find something, reach out to others. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a very collaborative industry with friendly competitors. And, you know, I, I see distributors up in distributors all the time. So, you know, uh, if you reach out to someone, I'll, you know, respond. Cool. And then Mike, I totally forgot if you want to po put up the coaching poll. Because um, yeah. I, I totally blanked on that. We have several coaching programs uh, with, with the Swag Coach and our small group coaching amongst others. If you're interested in learning more about these programs, 
uh, let us know. Um, and I also want to thank Distributor Central, our sponsor. They've, um, they've continued to help us kind of get the word out for this uh, webinar. And, you know, I think we're at um, 1,700, 2,000 distributors that have registered for it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we really Check appreciate it that. Distributor Central, phenomenal. It's free. It's paid for by suppliers. That is a phenomenal resource. If you haven't looked at it, I encourage you to go check it out at distributorcentral.com. Mr. Mahoney. All right. That's it. Uh, this has been great. Joe, thanks so much. Fascinating uh, insights that, that you provided and a, and a lot of really good ideas uh, and really good takeaways. And I uh, hope you'll come back. Oh, I'd love to. And, and, and thank you for asking me. I, I really enjoyed my time. Yeah, maybe one of the things just to kind of get it recorded since and get your commitment right now is, you know, the holiday seasons is a big deal, exactly. right? We, yeah. we talk yeah. a lot about what's trendy. What do you want to sell for the holidays? Um, when would be a good time for when are, when are the trendy products for the holidays even coming out and when would be a good time for you to come back uh, that works for September. you yeah august or september if we wait too long you could be out of inventory you have shipping issues mm -hmm. you might have it in stock but you're so far behind on the you know branding you know list that you might not get it in time so distributors really need to start in august seriously selling in september october last minute orders november risky december risky so Okay. sooner rather than later well maybe by then you'll have an article of top 10 holiday gifts or something and we can come back and interview over those or review them in september yeah i'd love to do that awesome well listen i i know i speak for mike we really appreciate you taking the time sharing Thanks. your expertise uh, letting us uh, ask you a few questions keeping you on your toes in the works and most importantly talking about bourbon bourbon right <laughs> And I want to thank everybody uh, else for joining us today. Um, I know business is booming for a lot of us and things are getting crazy. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Mr. Mahoney, as always, thank you for what you do. Sure. And uh, we will see you all next time on Distributors Helping Distributors. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.